Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 73 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. the bane of my existence, a.k.a. Draymond's Media Circus. And I am joined here by two fantastic guests. I got Sam and I got Seven. Y'all got any a.k.a.s for yourself? What's good, Sam? Uh, A.k.a. Oh, we in Minnesota now. Okay. Seven. Mm. Hey, man. Seven Mitchell in a building, a.k.a. best of seven, man. You know I love this game. Let's get right into the night's talk. All right. We are, we are dead smack in the middle of round two of the NBA playoffs. There are games every day back-to-back. We finally got a night off. So I want to talk to y'all about where y'all at with the playoffs so far. Has it been good? Have you been disappointed? What's up? I'm excited, you know, personally kick things off. I've I've really ex- ex- I'm excited of the play that we've seen so far. A lot of your favorite or a couple favorite teams that people anticipated and predicted to be in the postseason didn't make it, but we're still getting some good basketball, some good storylines, so I'm excited. All right, what's up with you, Sam? Yeah, I think that it's been a good playoff so far. The only thing I've been a little disappointed by is just the injuries that uh, we've seen a couple of teams going through and beat out Kyle Lowry out, Sal Scotty Barnes missed time in the first round. Marcus Smart is questionable, but likely for game three of that series. So it just sucks not being able to see some of the best players play. It's good to see like Booker back on the court, though, after his injury stuff. So all in all, I think it's been a, a really good start to the playoffs. But I, I just hope we can see more of these players get in and be healthy as it goes along. All right, all right. I'm feeling that. Now, look, for me, I've been excited because, one, we are seeing a lot of people's true colors, all right? We are seeing a lot of people's true colors, and I think something that everybody has on their minds is who is James Harden now and going forward because he is about to hit free agency this summer and looking for a big big bag what's up is james harden still a max player i think he is on principle only on principle because a lot of these contracts are given from the overall body of work not just what have you done for me lately if we were measuring this thing on a barometer of what james harden has recently done definitely don't max him out but what he has potential to bring a team just on the scoring aspect, you got to pay him because if you get rid of him, you're going to need something to substitute. So I really don't think Philly has a choice. Okay. Okay, Sam, where you at? You want you want James in there? Uh, so I guess I, I'm mixed in my answer in that I think he will. Get the money, I do think Philly probably has to pay him because, I mean, you gave up a ton to get him. Letting him leave for nothing seems like not the move. But I am – you know how I feel, Obuli. After the after the Ben Simmons-Harden trade, I was super vocal in that if James Harden doesn't win a ring or make a big run sort of leading the Sixers, I'm just kind of over it um, because he's, like, demanded to be in, in all these new situations that keeps not working out. And I think it's worth noting that he's been the third best player 
on his team in a series where Embiid is out, getting outplayed by Tobias Harris and Maxi, and he's not even been a top five player in this series. So I would be weary about maxing him out this summer, but I think their backs are against the wall and kind of have to do it. And then you also got to add on to the whole chemistry factor. We looked at these last games, his own teammates didn't even really want to sit next to him and talk to him courtside. Like, I don't know really what the issue is with James Harden and why chemistry always seems to be an issue wherever he goes. But, you know, Daryl Morey is going to have to definitely take that in consideration when contract time. Like, is he going to be able to gel with these guys or or what? Okay, I did feel like giving up a lot for James, for James Harden might have been the larger mistake that they have here, especially given the hindsight of Embiid ended up getting hurt in the U the prime season that we were talking about that you didn't want to waste. If you're Daryl Morey might end up being wasted anyway, completely out of your control. Right. That being said, Harden, that's a five-year deal. If you tie that type of Harden is not Harden, you tie that type of an albatross to Joel Embiid. Does that, that, that could close a championship window. Now, maybe he's just still coming back slow from the hamstring injury, and we will soon see a James Harden that's significantly better than this one after being another year removed. Who knows? But seeing as he's out for game three, at this point, is anyone here not willing to call Miami in, honestly, five or less? I would say possibly four, but five or less. I agree with that. I think it'll be four or five. I just don't see Philly pushing it to six. And that's kind of disappointing because even with them beat out, I just like expected them to play with a little more fire. And I think a lot of that comes back to Harden. 16 points in game one, 20 points in game two. It's okay. But when you're a superstar, okay in the playoffs is really bad. At what point do we point the finger at Doc Rivers? I know a lot of times we wait to these game seven situations and we revisit his history as far as, you know, blowing three, one leads, things of that nature. But we have to hold Doc Rivers accountable now for what we're seeing on the court. You know, yes, Joel is short change, but like Sam mentioned at the top of the show, injuries has plagued almost everyone in the association this season. The last two seasons, injuries have been a big deal. So if Philly is not even playing competitive basketball, against Miami in these next couple games. I still think you will put Doc Rivers on a hot seat and maybe he should be gone as well because I don't see the uh, X factor that he should be bringing to get these teams over the hump. I just don't see it. Man, that kind of uh, – I like Doc a lot, so I kind of feel hard agreeing with that, particularly just because a lot of people have faced some injuries, right, but Joel Embiid is supposed to be the MVP of the league for a reason. True, true. Right? It's not like you just missed. Like, Chris Middleton's a great player. He is a very good player. But he's not Giannis. Right? You're not missing your Giannis. Like, Joel Embiid carried this team all year long while we talked about how he did it missing $36 million of cap and Ben Simmons just sitting on the bench by being purely the most dominating player in all of basketball this year. That's not a small miss. Their offense was give it to Joel centric, to say the least. So I, I feel I feel like 
the injury gives Doc an out, and it should, even though a lot of people are giving him a lot of, you know, ire for the DeAndre Jordan minutes. Are they overreacting to the DeAndre Jordan minutes? I mean, these are just all little pet peeves I think people are going to pit when we, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day. Doc is a, you know, historically good coach, but, you know, I can see, like you said, people giving him a pass because of the Joel injury. I can see that, but if these guys, the ones who he does have to go out there on the court, if they don't even play well, I say you blow the whole damn thing up. Okay. I mean, they said Mike D'Antoni is there on the side and, like, that's always possible with the Harden Maury little triangle thing. Like, who do you put in that position over Doc Rivers that you think makes the difference? You know, that's interesting, man, because you don't like Houston had a little bit of success back then with Harden and, and, and CP3 and, and I think Dan Tony, but that's not really the energy that you bring in Philly. Philly's blue collar. Those guys are, are hard, you know, grinders. I don't know, man. I'm looking at maybe a maybe a Mark Jackson or, or or somebody like that. I don't know. Man, I I want Mark Jackson to get his chance, but that just feels out of the class that they're going to give someone like Mark Jackson. I feel like when if Mark Jackson gets the opportunity that he very obviously deserves, right? I can't stress that enough. He's going to end up being stuck rebuilding another team. Like mm. the way that he was the foundational building spot blocks of the oh, Golden shit. State dynasty. He instilled that confidence in some of the best shooters of all time. He's going to be tasked with doing that again instead of being given the like team that's ready to go a la Steve Nash getting the nets. Like, so it seems like we all feel like Miami is basically ran away with this one. We got the other side of the Eastern bracket, which I think has actually been very interesting. The Celtics versus the Bucks, And this series has been good. This series has been back and forth. We watched Jalen Brown go absolutely nuclear earlier this week to, re- to really make this feel like a series again. All right. Are y'all feeling like the Bucks can outlast not having Middleton here and overcome the Celtics? No. No. I don't. Um, I coming into the playoffs, my prediction for the finals was Celtics versus Warriors. Um, and I, I still think I'm holding to that. I'm also way more buying into the Suns, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I, I mean, I think I'm just sticking to I think the Celtics are going to make a run to the finals, and I think missing Middleton, uh, is just like a huge. kind of like scoring option for Milwaukee that we saw last year was really big uh, for their run because while Giannis is their best player, there are times uh, in the crunch where Middleton can get the best shot. Uh, So I think they're going to miss that down the stretch especially. Yeah, I agree 100% with Sam. You know, and and like you mentioned, uh, Tony, like Joel on face value injury is bigger than Chris Middleton's. But to me, when you break it down, it holds just as much weight. Like without Chris being a part of that three-headed monster in Milwaukee, it's just not gonna work. 
I don't think Giannis is ready right now to carry a team with a bunch of nobodies to the promised land. If he has his his quote unquote big three in order, then yeah, definitely it's a it's a possibility. I just don't think that they can outstand the Celtics, the defense that the Celtics are bringing to the table. Without Chris, man, they I just don't really see it happening. I know they just won, but we know we're talking about a best of seven series. It's gonna to be tough to beat Boston four times without your best guys. So he's right. definitely out for games three and four. Um, if they can stay in it and have it two two or uh, after game four, and he could come back for game five, six, seven, uh, I think they can definitely stay in the series. But it, assuming he's out for the whole thing, yeah, I just don't see it. Well, let's say hypothetically, fellas, that they do pull us off. Does that solidify Giannis as being the best player in the world right now? I think it's already solidified. Woo! Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's already solidified. Like, who are you, who you going to say has it that's not him? LeBron. All day. Until LeBron retires, to me, he's always the best player on the floor. There's so, nothing that no one else does that he cannot do. If you want to talk about consistency of it, that's a conversation. But nothing Giannis does or has done, we haven't seen from LBJ. Consistency, unfortunately, is the most important part of it, right? To be, that, to be that best player on the planet in that moment means that you need to show up in those moments. And the playoffs are a series of moments in which you have to consistently make it happen over and over again to really lead a team to the promised land. True. And that consistency is something that we have seen LeBron struggle with this season. And not so far as putting up the numbers, but those numbers correlating to the victories. So it's not like LeBron's not great. It's not like of all the active players in the NBA, he is in far and away the most illustrious or the best. But if we're talking about this moment in time, it has to be Giannis. It, I like, just go with I just go with LeBron, bro, because at the end of the day, yes, the, a lot of the, the the thirty year nineteen averaging almost thirty points a game, it did not equate to a lot of wins. That's very true. But if he didn't score for the Lakers team. Who would have put up the numbers? Like there was no one else to even do that. So that's that's the only reason why I won't give him so much of a blank. Like we're talking about a man, thirty-seven years old, nineteen seasons, was was in the run for the scoring title. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know, man. I just feel like we've seen Giannis do great last year in the playoffs. We've seen Giannis come up really short in the postseason. We've seen LeBron play big consistently on an individual level. Now, if his team is not able to go with him, I mean, that's just up for debate. So, for me, until LeBron retires, it's always going to be LeBron, bro. Yeah, I, I'm. it's just not LeBron at this moment. Like, if we put these – if we have the game, right, Giannis will probably shine. Like, you got to think about the last four years. Giannis has won two MVPs, a defensive player of the year, a championship and a finals MVP. True in the East, in the East, in conference. Let's keep. Let's, we got to put that. it all in perspective, though, Tom. Don't know the reason why you should not do that is because the bulk of LeBron's like entire legacy was in the, in the Eastern East. Conference. That's a fact, and it was a weaker Eastern Conference, my guy, than it is now. Yes, you think LeBron's that East? Okay, but what yes, about that far easily? 
what about winning a championship in both conferences, though? Sure, what does that's that say? great. Giannis has only played at one conference. No, but I'm saying if if, if we're gonna if we shoot LeBron down for the easiness of the East, I mean we got to put some credit on his name for being hey. able to go out west and do it too, right? Look at look. I'm saying that's cool, but that does not change what we see on the floor and who's impacting the floor. We got Joe Jordan from Refuse to Lose who just popped up in our chat, gave us a comment that I like here. He's like, he can't play both ends with high energy like Giannis. At this point in time, Giannis's motor is endless, and he's giving it on both sides of the court. There's a reason why we had to talk about, in, a, in addition to those two MVPs in the last four years, he also has a DPOI. On top of that finals MVP and on top of that championship, Giannis has been out here doing literally just it's different. Giannis has just been different. In the East, right. He has been. But, but again, he has not done anything to me. He has not done anything LeBron ain't been doing. You, that, but that's you, you, not, you talk about, I, I see the comment about, you know, the high energy, you know, with Giannis compared to LeBron. The numbers are the same, though. So the, the results are the same. Of course, you, you should have more energy being as young as you are if you're young as compared to LeBron in his 19 seasons. But the production, as far as numbers, to me, are the same. The win-losses... The numbers aren't the same on the defensive end for me. But true. most importantly... That's true. That's true. Like, most importantly, what I'm trying to... like, You are comparing the entirety of LeBron's career to Giannis's entirety of the career. And if we're talking about Mount Rushmore at the end of it all, where do we put them? Of course we put LeBron first. But if we're talking about this season, right now, this point in time, I feel like it gotta be Giannis. Because you say LeBron did it in the East, and I think he did it in the East that's weaker than the East Giannis is in now. But we also gotta understand LeBron's- Two been franchises as well. A, I hear you. LeBron's been in the West now for how many years? Four? Three. Three. What, 19. He came in, what, 2019? There's the first year where he kicked all the young boys out. Second year, yeah. he gets it done it. with Anthony Davis. Third year, Anthony Davis doesn't show up. They get bounced by the year. Suns. Fourth year. He's missed the playoffs 50% of the years he's been in the West. Right. Remember he won, a he won a championship, though. Yeah, Don't, but hey, you cannot you cannot Giannis throw away the Larry O'Brien trophy when there's teams that have still have never won. It's one. irrelevant because in the same four year span, Giannis has also won the Larry O'Brien trophy. True. And that's you're true. comparing them. So what I'm saying is like that that's that's important. You gotta think about that. It's it's not a relevant comparison because Giannis if, also grabbed that Larry O'Brien and that's if Giannis doesn't span, get it done, this if Giannis doesn't get it done in this round, are you giving Giannis round. an excuse? By him being the best player, if you're proclaiming him to be the best player, should he not be able to get this done against Boston? I think he I think I think he should be able to beat Boston. Yes, okay. he should be able to beat Boston. Now, if he doesn't, that's not great. But sometimes the best player doesn't always win a series. Right? As you like, we I think most of us will agree for a good almost decade period of time, we could say LeBron James was undeniably the best player in the NBA. Does anybody have any qualms with that for like a good like eight to ten year stretch? Well, you already know where I'm at with that one. <laughs> I, so I know, but, but Sam looked off in the Sam looked off in the corner like he wasn't part of the conversation and said nothing. I think we're having two different conversations. Okay, look, it's that, like that's fair. Giannis 
probably better at this moment, especially given just the success of their teams. But obviously hasn't had the career LeBron has. But the what? reason I didn't chime in is my sound is fucked up. So I'm going to rejoin in just a second. Got you, player. All right. Uh, we'll bounce you. Um, all right. So I'll just say, even though I think you agree, LeBron's been the one, the best player in the world for at least an eight to ten year stretch, but he did not win the championship every single year that eight to ten year stretch. Correct. So, like, I feel like I won't give Giannis an excuse, even though the second best player on his team is hurt. His Robin is gone. Right, mm-hmm. which it makes sense. It is a valid reason. I don't think it's an excuse. It's a reason. And I don't think Giannis is the private person that wants to treat it as an excuse. He's going to try to get better. And we've seen that each and every single year. So if they don't win it all here, that's not going to be great for him. But I do think they have a legitimate chance to beat this Boston team. I like Boston, but in game two, the Bucks were not themselves. And the Celtics played out of this, out of their minds out of their minds in game two. Like, the Bucks scored 86 points, man. That's not that's not going to happen twice. It shouldn't gotcha. happen twice. Them scoring under sub-90 points in a game? It's going to be a good series, though. I, I think it's far from over. I just think, you know, without all his guys, all his pieces... Giannis, I, you know, he had a, a unbelievable season last year. But, you know, not to revisit this conversation so much, but, you know, you talked about LeBron's last four years. Giannis came up big time short in the playoffs the years before that. Yeah, he got the MVPs, but that meant nothing because he came up super short when they needed him the most. It was only last year until he broke out. So he is showing a level of consistency. I would like to see what he does and how well he plays versus Boston. If I, I got Boston winning this series, but you know, I will definitely put some more respect on Giannis's name as this series go. Cause he looks good. He looks good. Yeah, his game his that's the thing. His game keeps getting better and better. And they were people were really unhappy with him taking some of those turnaround mid range jumpers in this second in the second game because they weren't falling. But when those shots are falling and they've fallen a lot this season like if if you're a person that likes to watch regular season basketball whenever you can there's a ton of games everybody can't watch all of them we all know this and a lot of people tune in when the playoffs start but if you're a person that likes to watch regular season basketball games like you've seen Giannis is starting to really actually get going in games from the mid-range and when that shot falls he's literally unguardable he's unstoppable when that shot is falling that little mid-range turnaround jumper where people... But what's his percentage for the season? Correct. What's his percentage from the season? What is he shooting for the year? Like, total percentage for the season? Yeah, from the field. From the field? I, I imagine he's probably, like, in, like, the mid-50s, mid-60s. Mm-hmm. I could check real quick. He, uh, one second. So you have him being better than KD? Uh, I think that right now... Well, first off... Giannis is shooting 55% from the field this season. Nice, nice, right? nice. Yes, he's shooting 55% from the field this season, 29% from three, which Ooh. like, yeah, like that's not that's not great, but it's good for him, I guess is, is what I'm going to say. But most importantly, like he is, he, when that mid-range jumper is falling, he feels unstoppable. 
and it feels like there's no way for defenses to handle and guard him. And they did not mm-hmm. like him taking that shot a lot last night. Well, two nights ago. But regardless, I thought it, I thought that's the shot that when he's hitting, there's no, the Celtics can't win. He, he's going. He might give you a forty ball. Okay. And like that, that's important to me. And I feel like that growth in his game, and we're starting to see it, and it's getting more consistent. And I think it's going to be a problem. I think that's what's going to allow them to stretch Boston. All right. So we are. Let, let's roll down to the west, the west side of the bracket. We got, and I actually really want to talk about this series because some interesting things happened today. The Warriors versus the Grizzlies. Now, first things first is. We now know that they're like Dylan Brooks is going to be suspended game three, right? I, I first thing that I want is your reactions to the Dylan Brooks suspension. Do you think it's justified or do you think the NBA is doing too much? I think it's justified. Um, the first thing I thought about, uh, like when I saw the highlight of the injury and we found out that Gary Payton actually like fractured his elbow was the the foul Grayson Allen had on Caruso earlier this season uh, that broke his wrist, and and he got a suspension. And I I was listening to ESPN today and heard that they actually cited that suspension as, like, the precedent for why Dylan Brooks deserved a suspension also. And and let me just, uh, like, preface my opinion by saying I really like Dylan Brooks. I like the energy he plays with. I don't think he was trying to hurt Gary Payton, uh, but intent doesn't matter. Uh, When you have someone going full speed and, like, the definition is, like, a defenseless player, um, Dylan Brooks swings at him in the air, uh, takes him out, and it's a play that's dangerous because it's so close to the basket, too, and we've just seen a lot of injuries happen at the basket with people running into it. So I don't think he meant to do it, but I do think it's justified, and I do you think that whether it's fair or not, the fact that it resulted in a significant injury plays into the decision? Okay, I'm rocking with that. Uh, what do you think, Seven? Yeah, I um, I respect the fact that the NBA, the association, is keeping the same energy. We talked about the Grace and Allen situation in the regular season. You know, they kept the same energy for a postseason game, so I can respect that. I don't have no objections at all. You know, losing a game, losing someone like Dylan Brooks in a series like Golden State with these veterans, these champions that they're dealing with, it's a tough loss. But again, the association is not showing any favoritism. I respect that. And um, we're just going to see how this had to play out, man. Because, you know, Draymond had this little situation in game one, and I I predicted in this series for Golden State to win – they got to get back into that bully bag. You know what I'm saying? They got to pull out those veteran tricks to, to get these young guys out of here. And, and and it seems to be working somewhat. So I'm. it is what it is right now with me in this series. I like the move as well. And I'm also pro Dylan Brooks. I'm actually just pro that like general prototype scrappy player, the Draymonds, the Pat Bevs, the Brooks. Like I like all those type of players. Those are like usually my favorite players. But I liked it. And I actually didn't even think back to the Grayson Allen precedent, and that's really good. But I was just like, if what Draymond did was a flagrant two, what Dylan Brooks did cannot be seen equally. Like, absolute blindside, smash the dude's head with full force. Like, even 
even if you want to say basketball wise, they are similar. The optics, the replay, the over and over again that we've seen of, of this play, like the NBA, I feel like could not treat those things equally and look at the Warriors and say, we did not job you. Right. Right. Like they like that's the thing. If, if Draymond got a flagrant one. Right. And Dylan got a flagrant two. I would have been like, OK. Dylan gets ejected, but Draymond was never ejected in the first place. I feel like the NBA could get away with running the playoffs in that type of a fashion. But once you remove Draymond from the first half of a playoff game and a foul significantly worse happens, I feel like just to make things look to give the proprietor the to give the allure of things being dealt with equally, you just kind of have to make that move as a league. We got the series here. Who are y'all taking? Going with Golden State in six. Mm. That's bars, Sam. I think Warriors, but I think it goes to seven. I think Memphis scraps it out. Um, and yeah, I think whether it's six or seven, I think the Warriors ultimately experience will end up helping them pull it out. But I think it's going to be a really good series, and it has been so far. All right, I'm I'm in the same vibe right now with Warriors taking it up. I actually also feel six. I can see the Grizz pulling off one more, possibly at home. But, like, the experience of the Warriors, I think, is too much for this Memphis team. And we have seen Jordan Poole really come into his own. And he's been coming into his own all season, if you've been watching. Uh, but... He's on, he's on the big stage now. He's really making it happen. We'll flip over to the other half of this bracket. That's the Suns-Mavericks. The Suns-Mavericks, I've really enjoyed these games, but it feels like the Mavericks have no chance. Is that wild to say? I agree, but it's just not their time. I think Luka can carry this team. I think Luka can carry this team to a series win versus a good team. But he's going to need a little bit of help. And if him and Porzingis could have worked things out, that would have been a big plus for them in this series right here. But, you know, hopefully they can get someone to come to Dallas to play with Luka. I just don't see it happening this season. But I like Luka's chance in of uh, taking Dallas somewhere deep in the playoffs eventually. I just don't think it's going to be this year. The Porzingis Agreed. comment, huge, huge, because DeAndre Ayton is eating. So is JaVale McGee. <laughs> the bigs the bigs for the Suns are really eating in this series. What's up, Sam? Uh, I think that to, to echo the JaVale McGee sentiment, I think game one was over when, J, when JaVale Euro-stepped into a dunk in transition with seven minutes left in the game to put them up 20. <laughs> Uh, it ended up only being like a seven-point game. But to me, game one just never looked like a game. And then game two, Dallas just like tricked tricked that game away just like in a disgusting fashion. Like Luka was sloppy. He was really sloppy with that basketball. I'm I'm trying to see what the fourth quarter score was. 40 to 26 in the fourth quarter. Dallas can't get a stop. Um, and I think that Phoenix is pretty much just approaching the series as, as like, we'll let Luca do 
whatever Luke is going to do, but we're not letting anyone else beat us. And that has been the case so far because Dinwiddie and Brunson are really struggling. Um, And the Mavs shot the ball well game one, but did not shoot the ball well game two. And Dorian Finney-Smith did not even take a three game two uh, after a really good performance game one. So I think that maybe Dallas is due for a bounce back in game three. I don't think they'll win the series, but I think if they are going to win a game in this series, it's probably this one. Um, Yo, I see. So Michael Magic says, Mr. Chris Paul needs that ring. Look, look, the point God has really been point Godding in these fourth quarters, these last three games, like insane level of control of the game. And you are watching it. And I feel like at this point, CP3 is giving Luca a masterclass on how to manipulate a game when the, when it's crunch time. And Luca is going to be amazing, like Seven said, and he's going to be doing that to people, and we know that soon. It's just not it's just not here yet. But there's a Michael also said this that I thought was interesting right here where he asked us this he he, he said this statement. It wasn't even a question. He said Dallas was better with Porzingis. I don't think so. Where are y'all at? On paper, absolutely they were. But the chemistry, the way those two did not connect, there was never going to be any success. But just as far as the roster, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Porzingis not a slouch. I don't think he's a slouch, but do you think he could have been the difference maker for them here? He's He's the size. Well, that's that's one of the biggest problems they have is size. You talked about this at the beginning. You talked about this NBA playoffs are showing certain players to be who they are. And Luka Doncic, even though I just gave him high praise, he is actually getting exposed this postseason because of his defense or lack of. Phoenix is going at Luka directly almost every play. They know he's weak. So, you know, having Kristaps help that out by default, you know, helps carry that load a little bit. Okay. Okay. He also, Mike also hit us with this one, which I think is a little blasphemous, but he asked if CP3 is better than AI. And, yeah. oh, really? Why you think that's blasphemous? Talk? I got to talk to the boss. Yo, I, I, that I, I, I think that's kind of wild because I think what AI was able to do is unmatched. Not only just on the court, he was able to carry teams efficiently. We saw the way that he could score. He was basically unstoppable with the ball in his hands. I do think, like, if you're asking who's a better point guard, like, the things that CP3 does are more prototypical of a point guard. The things that AI do is really more prototypical of a two, not a one. He was a one because he was short. Like, that, and that's relative. right nba short like but you know what i mean like point god yes that's cp3 but the impact on the culture and the game the ai had you can't touch that i kind of think comparing them is just weird because it's comparing such like a score first player with such a facilitator like their games are almost opposite even though they play like a similar position but yeah i just i don't know I think it's really what you value, scoring or, like, one of the top three point guard ever. Hardware, they neither one of them has hardware. But all I know is Chris Paul won everywhere he went. Well, brought winning or helped bring winning everywhere he went. 
Allen Iverson did not. They say Iverson couldn't shoot. Iverson could score. Look at those. Go look at those. Yeah, he can score. So I don't need him to shoot jump shots. And it was a league that did not value the three the way the league does today. True. Right. They like the league didn't value the three in the same way uh, when AI played. So like it wasn't like AI needed to practice his shot. AI just wanted AI could score, and if he was gonna get the bucket, like they were trading two for twos most of the time. There, it wasn't correct. yeah. They were also allowed to play defense against AI. Chris Paul hasn't been getting hand checked for the entire second half of his career. Like okay. the the, de- the defensive rules for AI were much tougher, and he was able to score even despite his size. So, so if you have a franchise, if if you are a GM, who who are you drafting first to start your 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 team? A prime AI or a prime Chris Paul? Yo, that's interesting because Michael just said AI is selfish, and I and mm. I thought to myself, you know what? There aren't many all time greats that you that's can't say selfish. that about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of the thing that that I thought about. There aren't many all-time greats that aren't selfish and uh and that's a, and that's just important like of all the people that we know, some of them kind of had to get down on dudes because they wanted to set the standard for what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. So I don't think AI is particularly more selfish than CP3. I just think AI was very forward about it. And he didn't care. He let the media see it, but like People talked about AI as a t- uh, sorry CP3 as a teammate. They talked about the collapse of those Clippers teams, the drama and rivalry, and their inability to get along. Because whose team it was? Was it Blake's? Was it CP3's? CP3 not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He not different in that aspect, but that's why they're both great. We also appreciate the love. We also appreciate the love, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I guess that's that's the end question. Are, are you are you drafting CP3 or AI? Which one are you gonna pick? Personal preference, I'm taking AI, but I don't think anyone is wrong for taking CP3. They've been to the same amount of finals, have similar accolades. Me, I just like the the play style of Allen Iverson a little bit more. And I think the games would be a little bit more exciting to watch. So so I'm taking AI in the draft. Yeah, I agree, man, because especially nowadays, what you do off the court definitely holds just as much weight as it does on the court. And if you're still in the franchise, when you look at what Allen Iverson brought to the game, the style, the swagger, that means something. So, you know, Chris Paul is a perfect floor general as far as a point guard. You can't go wrong if he was to draft him. But if I'm trying to start something special, I got to go with number three. Alan right. Iverson with Instagram. With, with the team Instagram. Oh my goodness, that's right. Because it wasn't like that back then, like that. Yeah. Yo, that that. that Can you imagine if MJ crazy. had it was social media when the MJ was out? Like, yo, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have been able to do none of that stuff he was doing. MJ, MJ would feel suffocated in the social media era, and I don't want to say this is like a Brown over MJ style thing, but we know MJ was a wild boy, like. He wasn't he wasn't part of the like what what was it traveling cocaine circus but right. my man did like to you know get a cigar get some drinks and gamble a lot and you know like they would have been on him he, like the you know after a playoff game they got caught at a casino it was in the newspaper afterwards right in this era 
they would have videotaped him at the table. <laughs> oh, definitely. At the casino. And they would have been like, yo, this Mike, yo, yo, did your ass just get beat last night? What the fuck you doing over here? Like, it would have been crazy. It Like, it, it's just a completely different world. And I wonder how that would have affected him going back on the basketball court. You know, those those are things I've all, Mike has always been tough-minded, you see. But I wonder if he had as much media scrutiny, would he still been able to come back and play as productive as he was? That would have just been interesting to see. That's facts. That's facts. Okay, so we, we've talked about the initial uh, initial rounds. It seems like we are on the east side of the bracket. For both of you, you have the Celtics over the Bucks, and the 76ers are losing to the Heat. So y'all have your conference finals bracket as being the Celtics versus the Heat, which I'm not going to lie, that would be kind of fire. That would be kind of fire. I, I am a big Jimmy Butler stan, you know, Bulls to the death, blah, blah, blah. Jimmy Butler came up through us. But who are y'all taking in that seven-game series, the Celtics or the Heat? Well, I had, uh, fellas, I had Miami from the start of the regular season to go to the uh, NBA Finals. So I'm sticking with my guns with Miami. Okay. Okay. I like I like both of these teams so much. So I, I'm really just looking forward to a good series if it happens. But like I said, Celtics are my finals pick, and I think it's dope that this is a rematch of a series that happened in the bubble, the, mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference Finals. In the bubble, Celtics fell short then. I think they, they've grown and figured out enough of their identity as a team under their new coach to maybe pull it out this time. Yeah, like like Mike, I also like Miami, but I'm a little I'm, – I'm heavy biased, I'm not going to lie. But – I also just believe that right now both of these teams are playing excellent, excellent ball. And the thing that's very clear for me is that Miami is a team that when somebody is having an off night, when two people are having an off night, hell, if three people are having an off night, Miami has the depth and the consistency of that depth showing up that the next man will give you what it, what they're supposed to give. That's exactly the reason why Brooklyn did not make it because when it came down to it, everyone is just sitting there waiting, looking for Kyrie and Kevin Durant to, do, to, to make magic. And I said, I said, when you look at Boston, those guys got a couple guys that's willing to take shots when the game get close. When things get tight in Brooklyn, you see all those role players. They just sit there and just stand there and stand around and wait for KD, you know, and Kyrie to make some type of magic happen. So, like you said, Boston, Miami, they got some guys that will go get it on any given moment. And then the defense that they bring, that series, is, that series might be the best series in the playoffs that we get this year. Okay. that Okay, that's actually fact. So, first off, Mike, I have – the Bucks beating the Celtics personally, but I was outvoted two to one there on that. And I was giving Giannis all the love. I believe he's the best player in the world right now. And I believe that if the Bucks and the Heat meet again, which I think would be the third time in four years that they've met, the Heat eliminated them with the wall the first time around. The second time around, I think Miami clears them in five on the way to the championship. And then this year... The um, this year would be the third time, and I think that that's a type of matchup that's getting really chippy. I like the Heat now better than I did before, especially with Chris Middleton out. 
I feel like the Heat's defense will be suffocating on Giannis without Chris Middleton there to also be a little bit of a ball handler and relieve that pressure. Even though I just want to give a shout out to Drew Holiday, who has been good filling in in that role of like, I need to be the prime, like, well, secondary ball handler when we're not just running it through Giannis, right. which has been big for them. But that, that seems like, Sam, who are you taking in that series? Uh, you're talking about Bucks Heat. If it were that, if it ended up being Bucks Heat, or you you said Heat Celtics, so I like that's the way that you could you should respond to. So, so. I so I think it will be Heat Celtics, and I'm taking the Celtics in that series. But I will say, hypothetically, if the Bucks do win and, and play the Heat in the next round, I think the Bucks will have somewhat of a rude awakening of what it's like when P.J. Tucker goes from on your team <laughs> to on the other team. And that's something that, that they didn't have to deal with last year. Oh, man. That's good. That's a really good one. That's a really good one because P.J. Tucker did all the dirty work for that for the Bucks to get past KD when KD was literally going otherworldly. So I, I definitely agree with that statement. They got the pieces there. So it seems like me and Sam will have the Heat uh, invested to the NBA Finals 7. You got the Celtics, though? No, the Heat. I got the Heat. The heat. Oh, well. so we're all on the Heat going to the NBA Finals. I'm sorry. You said that first. I agree. Yeah, Giannis is from Greece. Uh, that's what Michael said. Giannis is from Greece. Giannis is also Nigerian. Like, that is, <laughs> like, surprise. I was surprised, like, four or five years ago when I first heard that for the first time. But... Now we're on the other side of the bracket. We all got the Warriors winning out. Like we all also have the Suns winning out, which means that we are headed for a clash of two Titans, right? The Warriors, when healthy this season, have been Titan-esque, and the Suns have been Titan-esque no matter what. I think we can all agree on that. This is going to be a very interesting series. Where are y'all taking this, Suns-Warriors? Suns Sam, I'll let you start, brother. I'm I'm sitting here like, <laughs> I don't know Golden, about this one. I'm taking Golden State in seven. Oh. Wow. I was Ooh. just about so, to look wait, up. Wait, wait. That means Golden State regular. wins game seven in Phoenix. Yeah. Mm, that's hard. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, I, I thought, man, in my heart, that this whole Golden State dynasty thing, I thought it was over, bro. I really thought that we would not see Steph and those guys anywhere close to the finals ever again. And here we are. These guys are creeping up. You know, I respect Phoenix, what they've done in the last two seasons. But if those two lock up against each other, I can't go against a, a healthy Steph, Clay, and the rest of those guys. I think it'll be Golden State, Miami. All right, all right. Look, I also want to take Warriors, and I think Warriors in six. But here's here's my here's my big hesitation. Since we're all feeling like the Warriors are kind of come out of this, I want to talk about the hesitation and why we might not be giving Phoenix enough credit. But like we are seeing now against the Mavericks, the bigs for Phoenix are eating consistently. And I feel like Golden State runs into a very similar matchup issue against the bigs of Phoenix, JaVale and DeAndre Ayton, right? They got Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's a good player. He's a great role player, but we know what he is, right? 
who else is going to keep up with that size? They're going to be putting Draymond on JaVale and uh, DeAndre Ayton all, all series long? Ayton's not going to win you a series, though. Ooh. Ayton is not going to win you a series. And coming up Chris for contracts. Paul, Chris Paul can't fuck with Steph. Like, it's just not going to happen. That's just, that's that's my thing. Like, I like the Devin Booker-Clay Thompson matchup. I like both supporting roles from both teams. But Steph be giving it to Chris. And and DeAndre and Aiton, I'm just not sold on him. Okay. I think he's a good five, but I'm just not sold that he's that guy right now. Oh, okay. I mean, yo, that's that's big. That's big because I feel like Aiton is actually the X factor for their ability to beat the Warriors. He has to be aggressive. He has to want the ball on mismatches, and he has to punish them. Like, I, we know Shaq and Charles Barkley say this a lot, and people are like, yo, that's just not the NBA anymore. Right. Phoenix, Phoenix has to let them know the NBA is whatever we say it is because they have to impose that style of ball to be able to be competitive. Yeah, they will definitely have to set the tone. That's a fact. Right. Okay, so then that leaves us with the finals. We're finishing in our bracket here. We all seem to be agreed. Heat and Suns. Suns. I know, I know, I know. Mike is over here thinking, man, how we ain't got the Bucks going over here as well. But that's just where we are. It's Heat, Suns. This is going to be, I think, a woo. This is a series because you get to this series, and I will say this: neither of these play these teams have a player that I think everybody is on believes has achieved that upper echelon of superstardom. Agreed. Right. So we are we are in another one of those. It's not necessarily a small market finals because Miami is big, but like we are in a situation where someone is going to punch the ticket that escalates them into that next rung of superstardom in that finals. We got the heat. We got the Suns. Who are you taking? If Phoenix gets by Golden State, which I don't predict, but if we do got Phoenix in Miami, I'm going with. I don't see. I just can't see Chris Paul winning the championship, bro. I thought his shot shot was last year, and it didn't happen. So I'm going with Miami to get it done. All right, if the Warriors are facing Miami instead, do you think Miami can still get it done? No, I I would have to favor Golden State. Okay, I would have to favor Golden State versus Miami, but I favor Miami versus Phoenix. Sam, you on different pages? So my finals prediction is Warriors-Celtics. I think the Warriors are going to win. In a world where it's Heat-Suns, I think the Suns are coming out. So I guess I, in this world, I think whoever comes out of the West between oh, Phoenix champions. and Golden State is going to win. Okay. But I will say early prediction for next year, my prediction is the Celtics are losing in this finals, then coming back next year and beating Kawhi and Paul George in the finals – 2023. Let it be known. <laughs> Mark it now. Mark it now. Not if Dame Lilly got something to do with it. I'm telling you. Yeah. I got Dame. I got Dame going to LA to play with Kawhi and Paul George next year. Oh. I, see those, I see those three making a run next season. I can't wait, bro. I, you know, this is the NBA. We love this game, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be some interesting moves, man. We got um Zach Levine from Chicago facing free agency. We don't know if he's gonna max out. Yeah. 
I mean, we'll look, we I think we got to offer him we got to offer him his max, which I think people sometimes don't understand that his max is not the same as like his max is not the same as like a super max. <laughs> not even like a super max. He is still like a tier below that. Like there's two max contracts that are above the contract that he gets as a max player. Mm. Right? Cuz he hasn't been all NBA or and he hasn't reached any all NBA team. We aren't his original team, like, et cetera. Like, it's still a lot of money, but it's not like we're not paying him Russell Westbrook money. You know what I mean? I don't think like, Chicago going to keep him. You know, I think that I hope we do. But if we don't, I I hope that we have a backup plan. I really do. I really do. Because this team has made a bunch of strides, and I don't want to see us move backwards. Now, I want to I want to say that we are at the tail end of this thing. We've talked about the NBA playoffs, hit our bracket out. The last thing we really want to do with you all is get some bets going for tomorrow cuz you, you all will have them a little bit of day ahead and give you where we are feeling at for things coming up. Now, Kawhi is always hurt, but I'm hoping Kawhi comes back healthy, man, and seeing him with Dame would be insane. Absolutely insane. Uh on the other hand, we're talking bets right now, and the first game I want to talk about is the Miami versus 76ers game. The 76ers are at home, and they are three-point underdogs at home. I feel like at this point when we know Joel – what's up? You said who was underdog? Miami's underdog at home? No, Sixers are underdog oh, at home. I was getting ready to say Miami favored by three. Miami favored by three. Joel out. I say Miami by three is an easy. Like I would, I would take Miami on the spread here. I feel like it's kind of hard not to take Miami on by the spread here, especially without Joel Embiid playing. Like they haven't looked like the Seventy Sixers haven't looked like a team that's staying within three of Miami in the last two games. Where's everybody else at? I'm going um, against the line. I'm going against the line. I, Philly is due for a game. I think it's going to happen. Miami is due to slouch. I'm gonna give. It, I'm gonna give him game three. Somehow, somewhere, I'm gonna give Philly the next game. I think James Harden is just going to come out crazy. It'll be a whole nother narrative being painted. So, so the I, over under. I like that. Right over under on James is twenty two five. You, you you're saying you're saying it you're saying you take the over on that because because yeah. he ha- I feel like he has to score has over twenty two five for to. them to for them to win this game. I think I'm gonna take the under just to like root for hating on him because like <laughs> I think it really comes down to like I think betting the over the under on Harden points is great. It comes down to like if you're a believer or not because I think he's a playoff fraud. One of the best regular season players of all time. So, in this big moment, I I think if depending on if you're a James Harden hater or supporter, I think there's a great game to bet on his points because it's really going to come down to him. I I think. Okay. What what James Harden fellas do we need to see to win this next game? We need. Do we need to see a scoring James Harden? Do we need to see a facilitator? He needs to score. Okay. He's always been a facilitator. He, What's up, Sam? Go ahead. Yeah, I think he needs to get to the line like eight or ten times. Like old James Harden, like foul baiting. Like go back to your best shit. Like 
I know that they're not calling uh, a lot of uh, what you used to get on the back and everything, yep. but I think you've got to be aggressive and just go to the basket. And the, the only way they can win uh, or stay in this series is if he's beating people off the dribble. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Actually. I like, I, I really thought that was important. Like we do need to see a scoring James Harden. Cause the one thing I will say is, and it's interesting because Michael said that James Harden is washed, but I feel like parts of James Harden's game have not gotten any worse and have possibly gotten better since he's left Houston in particular, his ability to play make right when he, when he went to, the Nets, he unlocked a different level of playmaking without the ball always being in his hand that I think is something that is, is important to note when we talk about who James Harden is going to be now. Like, there's a reason why the over-under on his assist for that game is nine and a half. Like, to get the over, the over is ten. Like, the it's just he is he is him when it comes to being an assist machine. That's not going to win them these games with Joel Embiid out. He needs to score. We need thirty three plus point James Harden to to beat the Heat. We need him actually hitting those threes the way he was before, which I think is important. But he's always been a high volume three point shot. But more importantly, like Sam said, he's not blowing by guys. The first step is not there as it was in previous years and maybe he just needs to get in better shape after rehabbing this hamstring because the hamstring injury is no joke but like oh i i just don't see it i don't see it i would i would take i would actually be comfortable taking the under on his points but i would take the over on maxis I, like Maxie's is also at the same over under as James Harden twenty two five. I would a hundred percent take the over on Maxie for uh, for twenty two and a half points, but I would not take it on James Harden comfortably. Uh, we we can move on to the next game. We got. Can here. I give you oh. two uh, two more I like for this game? Yes. So one i like it, it depends on your book obviously they might not have this but i think parlaying a matisse Thibel steal and block together um is really good he's gotten a steal and a block in both the game the the first two games of, of the series and i think the over on tyler hero threes um if the line oh, is man. two and a half definitely um if it's three and a half maybe maybe not um but it's been two and a half the first two games uh, and he's hit over both times. So if it, if it doesn't change, I think the over on Tyler Hero threes is a good one. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. We we got the next game that will be tomorrow, and that will be Phoenix and Dallas. Uh, Dallas is at home. And, again, we are seeing teams be dogs at home in these playoff series. Dallas I have as a one-point dog against Phoenix while Dallas is at home. I, if you think Dallas is going to win one, this is the line that you would take it for, right? (laughs) Pretty much. Like, I just, I still got Phoenix, man. I just, I haven't, nothing, I have seen no fourth quarter minutes this entire series that gives me confidence in Dallas. I think Dallas has only led for a total of like three or four minutes the entire series 
both games combined, and it was briefly, I think, at the end of the second, early third of game two. Right? It's I'm not I'm not feeling this. I feel very confident that Phoenix only having to cover a single point can definitely take that. That's definitely one that I like. We want to talk some of the player prop spreads. Where are you at with that, Sam? Uh, I love DeAndre Ayton points. He went off game one. I don't think they have anyone to stop him. Chris Paul and Devin Booker both went off game two, so uh, he only ended up with nine. I think that should be a pretty favorable line. Uh, for for the over on Ayton points, I also just like the over on the game in general. Dallas can't get a stop. Um and both of the games have been really high scoring. And the the last one I have for this one is the over on Dorian Finney-Smith threes. He had a really good game one, didn't take any game two. So I think that'll be a, a concentrated thing for Jason Kidd to, to get him involved in the offense. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, here's another one that I think is going to be pretty good. And I want to say the over-under on Jalen Brunson threes is one and a half. I will take the over on that. Yeah, I'll take the over on that one. Yeah, I, I would take the over on that, especially Dallas being at home and Jalen Brunson having struggled a little bit this series so far. I think he's going to make a concerted effort to come out aggressive and try to put those scoring, put the scoring back on the board because I feel like his fall-off this series has really changed the outcome sure. of what we thought it could be, right? Like, I I thought a sweep was impossible before the series started. It's looking ever-present like it's, it's, it's likely. I won't say it's going to happen, but it looks, it looks like it's possible. ain't got no help. Like we see it. Luke ain't got no damn help. We watching, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter how well Luca plays the rest of the playoffs. We looking at the supporting cast. It's just not going to be enough. Okay. We just right. looking at this thing as them going back home, the fans being that twelfth man and, and you know, giving them that energy for that one night. But other than that, it's a wrap for Dallas. All right. All right. Facts. So Saturday, we got some early lines for Saturday. These uh may change. Hold on one second. Michael asking where we're from. I am from Chicago originally, born, raised, moved down to Dallas, been in Dallas for like almost a decade at this point. So I've been out here for a minute. I right, seven. What's up? Where are you from? I'm in Baltimore. I've been in Baltimore all my life, born and yeah, raised. You Baltimore sound like City. a B-more, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you from B-more. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam. Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, and I live in Iowa City. Been here for like four years. Dope. Facts, facts, facts. So we got some early lines for Saturday. Of course, these can change a little bit, especially as like some more information comes out. But I want to start with this is the biggest line of the NBA playoffs second round so far. Memphis versus Golden State. And Golden State is a seven-point favorite at home. Ooh, are y'all going to take the seven? I'm taking that. I'm taking that in, 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 okay. in, in San Francisco, definitely. Okay. You taking it, Sam? That's just a big line. I don't think I would take the spread. I don't know if I would. I think I'd leave the spread alone, honestly. I could, I could see Golden State winning big. 
uh, I could see them winning the game by like five, even losing. So I think I'm going to stay away from like outcome based stuff. Even with Dylan Brooks being out. I think with Dylan Brooks being out, I think some of the player prop stuff is a lot more enticing than than the outcome of the game. Like, okay. I think betting on Desmond Bain to go off either from three or points wise, I think I'd do something like that over over betting the spread. Respect, respect. Okay, I like that. So, I the props we we were definitely going to get into. I look, I saw this spread and I thought to myself, I will take I will I will take Memphis as the dogs, because the last the combination of the last two games have been decided by a total of six points, one and five, right? These have been very close games so far, and I honestly believe that in in some aspects, late in games, Memphis kind of sold game one. Memphis kind of sold in game one late in the game, and Memphis has been able to. Stay there and be dogs with people. I, I like the I like the I like Memphis as the underdog here. They'll cover the seven, but I do not think that they will win. But when we talk player props, I think Sam is definitely right here. More enticing of the two player props for this game. What you feeling? Uh, so I foreshadowed it a little bit, but so I think basically the way you got to think about it is Dylan Brooks is the type of guy that will go get. 25 points in a playoff game and shoot a ton ton of threes. So someone on Memphis is going to have to step up and maybe not get that 25 points themselves, but they'll at least have to fill in from the three-point aspect. So I think the over on Desmond Bain threes and DeAnthony Melton threes are both uh, good options for this game. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. So I I saw an interesting prop here for me, and this was the over under on Clay Thompson, who struggled a little bit this series, and the over under is at twenty one and a half. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, I kind of think you take the under. I I think I think it's I. Oof. Look, the last three games, Clay has not scored more than fifteen points. Right. I, Clay, Clay has had a couple big games in the playoffs. He had like a 30 burger. You know, I think he got to like 20 plus one other time, maybe two. But Clay is missing shots that he usually hits. His offense hasn't been clicking a lot as of late. And I actually feel like I'm I'm willing to take the Clay under here. I'm willing to take the Clay under. I know that's a little feels weird to bet against take Clay Thompson. But I like it. Now, I mean, I got—I can't really argue with what you're saying because we only going by what we have seen. You know, I'm just going to take—I'm going to take the over for the simple fact that it really hasn't been anyone on Memphis causing Clay to be as as uh, I don't want to say bad, but you know, his play been kind of subpar. Memphis haven't really shut him down. He's made a lot of mistakes. He's missed a lot of shots. So. I just think Clay is when he on, he on, when he off, he off. I, I think he'll eventually get back on. I don't see him being locked down. So I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he go over that. Okay. Okay, I like that. We got any other big ones for this game? Any other props that you saw that you liked? I, I actually saw a Draymond Green steals prop that, like, I was like, oh, you know. I feel like Draymond Draymond's kind of that guy. 
like it's one and a half. So Jeremy would only have to get two, and it's at plus uh, plus one fifteen odds. So I kind of like that. Uh, the under is not as great of odds, but I like that one for him as well. Andrew Wiggins also at the half mark, only needing one at minus two hundred odds. That one was big for me. So if you're looking at a parlay that you want to like high level boost, I liked the Anthony, uh, sorry, the Andrew Wiggins Wiggins. one steal. Andrew Wiggins one steal at minus 200 odds. Last game that we got for this weekend coming up, and that's the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are three point favorites at home against Boston. This game is, woo. Look, who are y'all? Who are y'all taking to win this game? Just first off, Giannis better uh, win it. He, you say he's the best player. He better win. <laughs> he better win. He better win. I, he better look, win. I you, you're not wrong. I feel like that's definitely expected of him at this point. Like that's what happens when you're great. The 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 spread of three either way. I I just. I personally would just rather bet the money line in this game than bet the spread of it. And I'd rather just bet Milwaukee money line minus 145 than take the points for minus 105. I just feel like I I don't know exactly how this game is going to go down. I could see this game kind of getting out of hand very quickly in Boston letting up early and getting ready for the next one because they just got to steal one at home. And then that's like the worst, right? When they do that at the playoffs – Cause you're like, you know, we got another one in two days. So, you know, we, we down 20, <laughs> we going to let it ride. Right. Right. And then the game is out of whack. So I, I'm right now, I, I would say instead of staying on the spread, I would be on the money line. I don't know if y'all got any feelings on the spreads, props, et cetera, that you like. I agree with you on money line. I think that when it's three points, like, there's nothing worse than, than betting on the spread in, like, a three-point game and then the, the team you bet on wins by two. Uh, <laughs> like, the, I don't know. Like, the it, say you bet $10 on the spread or the money line, what, you'll get, like, two more dollars going for the it. spreads. So I, I think just play it safe and bet on who you think is going to win the game. Giannis dropping a 30-burger. The over is 29.5. Yes. That I I think parlay of Giannis thirty ten and ten is like <laughs> nice for this game. He's, he's averaging twenty six eleven nine and a half for the series. Damn. He got it. He got a triple double game one. So it's really a question of if he just gets to that thirty. And I think the odds for thirty ten and ten parlay for Giannis will be nice. And I mean if you think he's doing that then you might as well throw in bucks money line so that's a that's like a four leg parlay that i think you could i would guess like bet 10 to like win 150 somewhere around those odds uh, i think it's always a lost cause when you lose but when you win <laughs> <laughs> but when it hit <laughs> it all just feels different look I, I like that. I like that a lot. I also thought Giannis dropping the 30 burger was going to be huge for this one. I, I, I like that one a lot. I also saw some of the interesting point props for the Celtics stars, right? So we got oh, 
Jalen Brown at 24 and a half, Jason Tatum at 29 and a half as well. So Jason Tatum would also have to drop a 30 burger. I like Jalen Brown's better than Jason Tatum. Yes, yes. I personally, agree. especially Jalen Brown coming off a very strong game. And I just feel like Milwaukee is going to focus in. You got to stop Jason Tatum. He's drawing that type of attention, especially after what he just did against against this uh, against the Nets, and that's giving Jalen Brown a little bit more freedom to move around and work. And after uh, after game one, where he kind of stunk it up, only dropped twelve points, he seemed to really be locked into being aggressive. And I expect that to I expect that to travel and keep moving for Jalen Brown, a player that I'm a big fan of. Man, man, Michael Magic, that is that is tough. That is tough. Hopefully, we can help you get out the hole if you're still willing to dive in there. <laughs> <laughs> Double M. I okay. So Mike said this, and I actually disagree with this a lot. I really I think Jalen Brown's an absolute dog. I think Jalen Brown's an absolute dog, but you have a situation where every team needs an alpha. Every team needs a that guy that's going to be that one. And in a situation where you might get two alphas on the same team, either you get a situation like we talked about earlier with the Clippers where they going to butt heads the whole time and it's going to be drama and it's going to be beef, or you're going to get a guy that's willing to sacrifice for the team. Players talk about this. Ex-players a lot talk about this. Sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good of winning that championship? D-Wade, LeBron comes over. He's like, yo, this has got to be your team. Where did D-Wade get that from? Shaq. Shaq comes to Miami and Shaq says, yo, D-Wade, you really have to be that guy. You have to be him. And I know that you're him. Yeah. Steph is like, you Look, I'm Mr. Warrior, and everybody knows it. And I think KD still knew it, and that was part of the part of like you know why he wanted to leave and make his own legacy. But Steph was willing to be Mr. Warrior and be like, "Go ahead, it's you, you got it." And I think you can't have great championship teams without someone that is that dog being willing to play second fiddle. You you might you might be able to, but it's harder to have that exist over time in this game because it ain't like before in this game you definitely gonna need it look at Kyle Lowry and then you know how how you know even though Kawhi was a better player coming in Toronto they didn't hesitate to give Kawhi the driver's seat and look how that ended up for them in 2019 yeah 100% and like you see that I feel like Miami is a team full of dogs in fact like that's all they want right and not every person that's a dog is going to be the dude that gives you 30 every night, but it's more about the way they're going to approach the game. And I, I feel like Jalen Brown is him. I feel like Jalen Brown in a different situation would be seen 10, 20 spots higher in his ranking of a player. Right. Right. 100%. But, but he would probably win less games. Exactly. Like, Jalen Brown could be averaging damn near 30 for, like, a lot of these bad teams. Like, imagine – throw Jalen Brown on the, on the Pacers or the Kings, and he's, he probably could get 30 every night. But willing to sacrifice that to win, I think, is something that should add to your legacy, not take away from it. Facts. I, it only adds if you complete. 
-hmm. It takes away when you don't. That's the problem. It only adds when you host host the Larry O'Brien trophy. It takes away when you don't. And that's that's look, Hughes okay, Mike says Jalen Brown's a puppy. And the thing is, they're all really puppies. That young crop of kids now, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Luka Doncic, they're young, dude, but they're not waiting. Like Jaws in his third year. What you think is seven? The NBA is in good hands. I'm just looking at, you know, these young guys, some of the names that you're running down. I think the NBA is definitely in good hands. Jalen Brown, to me, I'm not going to say he's a big dog. I'm not going to say he's a puppy. He's coming into the moment right now. So I think our decision on him, the discussion probably will continue after this season. Um, Jason is that guy. I foreseen Jason holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy. I didn't I didn't know how because I didn't think Boston would be as good, but I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm liking Jalen Brown now. I think what will define him overall, we're seeing in this season. He's always been a decent two way player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I that that's <clears throat> facts. Fellas, I gotta step out of here. I got something to do. Oh, I appreciate you the good. Time for, we for, we we me. ran over. Thank you for coming. Oh, no doubt, man. No no doubt, no doubt. Um, next time you, you do another uh, panel for the playoffs because there's so much action-packed basketball, definitely have me on. Salute to all you guys. Sam, a pleasure once again. Um, you guys check out my channel, Best of Seven Sports Talk on YouTube. Nothing but NBA debates, breaking news, updates. You already know the vibes. Tone, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for coming through. Appreciate yeah, you, absolutely. Heavy. We On that note, we are probably going to wrap up here. We wanted to be around an hour. We're a little bit over. We appreciate everybody who listened, came through. Thank you, Michael, for giving us your comments, interacting with us, giving the show some extra flavor. We are going to keep trying to break down all of these things that are happening with the NBA playoffs. The games are back to back to back to back to back every single night, and we do not want to pot over a game because we want to watch it to tell you what we are thinking and what we see. So, the next empty day on the schedule is the next day that we are aiming to be out here talking NBA playoffs with y'all again. Sam, appreciate you for coming through as always, and we will rock with you all soon again. The, 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 the Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod.